Books and Arts. Book review. Eleanor Ferrante's new novel, The Second Sex, The Lying Life of Adults, by Eleanor Ferrante, translated by Anne Goldstein. Fifteen million readers have waited five years for a new novel by the pseudonymous Italian writer Elena Ferranti, author of a riveting quartet of stories set in Naples that shot her to global fame. The Lying Life of Adults, a dark tale, does not disappoint. Yet it also demands more of Miss Ferranti's many fans by probing even more painfully the oppression of women that drove her explosive Neapolitan saga. Like my brilliant friend, the first in that series, this is a story of growing up, the universal struggle to separate from the family and establish herself. Miss Ferranti's genius lies in the laser focus she brings to bear on female experience. In often lacerating detail, she portrays their protracted battle to define themselves independently of men. Giovanna is twelve, secure in the love of her intellectual parents, until a question disrupts her world: Is she or is she not very ugly, like her father's estranged sister Vittoria, a monstrous being who taints and infects anyone who touches her? The search for an answer leads Giovanna to the depths of Naples and the poverty-stricken neighborhood from which her father escaped. Like the Neapolitan quartet, this story revolves around tension between the subterranean working class and the heights occupied by wealthy intellectuals. Yet on this smaller canvas, it focuses on male entitlement and the female rage that results, and the lies about both that men and women tell themselves. Like Elena and Lila, Miss Ferranti's world-famous heroines, Giovanna and her aunt Vittoria, represent those with and without education. Vittoria is an older version of the brilliant and irresistible Lila, drawing Giovanna into the violent world of her neighborhood. Yet, unlike Lila, Vittoria is repellent, distorted by a life of loss and stunted opportunity. The men in this book too are nearly all animals who want only sex and callously upend women's lives. When a family rupture lays bare her own father's lies, Giovanna plunges into a crisis of self-hatred in which she makes herself as ugly and obnoxious as possible. This abasement is painful to witness. Readers inhabit the obsessive, anxious mind of an adolescent girl, seesawing between pride and degradation. When a male professor takes an interest in her, redemption seems nigh. Naturally, Miss Ferranti rejects the romantic template, but Roberto is instead the first man to look at Giovanna's eyes and not her breasts. From him, she gains not love but understanding. I felt like laughing. She reports at sixteen. I had been deceived in everything, but the mistake had been to make it a tragedy. What she really wants is to be respected. She concludes to feel she is much more than a cute or even beautiful small animal with whom a brilliant male can play a little and distract himself. Fans will appreciate the many parallels with Miss Ferranti's earlier books. Stark reality coexists with magical objects. In this case, not dolls or shoes, but a gem-studded bracelet that propels the plot. Miss Ferranti's unique style, again superbly captured by Anne Goldstein's translation, is as urgent as ever. Proceeding by confrontation and volcanic self-revelation, with little traditional description, 
Miss Ferranti's women are angry, prickly, intelligent, and exhausted by the effort of trying to exist in a patriarchal world. So fundamental a truth is a challenge few writers take on, but then few are as able, as Miss Ferranti has put it, to tell without distortions what I know.